Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast it's the football podcast and everybody's back. And we've got live reviews of games in the sense that somebody went to a game. We do talk about the fact that there were some games missing this week and obviously the reasons around that. And uh, there's then predictions for upcoming games, football news, transfer news, all of the football goodness that you've come to expect from the football podcast. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. If you've got a football fan in your life, send them this podcast, send them a link, send it through the air, send it to them and let them enjoy the football goodness. Right, let's get started. So here we go. This is CookieCast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. Uh, well, again, the, the good lady, she does not lie. And uh, with it, with a with a with a delicious no- uh, noise, she brings forth another week of talking about football, which probably will make absolutely zero sense. But we try and make it entertaining. So welcome along, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one and all, to our Middlesbrough, Hull, and Nottingham Forest-based chat, where we will cover all those three teams. Maybe a little bit more that's taken place in the wide world of football this week. Obviously, I can't do it alone, as uh, that would be a little bit redundant, as I don't really know that much about Hull or Nottingham Forest. So, I've got a few guests that come along with me, so we'll introduce them one by one. We've got our resident Hull City expert, Mr. Stuart Woodmansey. How are you, sir? Hello, much better now. Thank you very much. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get to that later on. Our, uh, our Nottingham Forest correspondent, if you will, Mr. Uh, Matthew Moore. How are you, sir? All right, how are you? Uh, yeah, similar to Stu, I've, uh, I've, 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 not to, not to be, not to spoil later on, uh, but I've calmed down somewhat. But um, yes, yes, we'll get to that. And uh, he hasn't got a team, but some might say he is our team. It's the leader and proprietor of the Cookie Cast Podcast Network, Mr. Andrew Cook. How are you today, sir? Oh, just, just delightful. I realised saying that last week, it made me sound like I was delightful, and then I've gone and done it again this week. So you know, it might, it might be my catchphrase. Who knows? I mean, it's it's a t-shirt slogan right there, isn't it? I mean, it's it, it almost certainly sells itself. You say that, you say that. Look out for some sort of merchandise coming along soon. There you go. You heard it. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. It's it's on. It's in the pipeline. It's uh, it's. Gallivanting his way down the pipeline as quickly as possible. Um, so obviously we covered this last week. The transfer window has slammed shut, um, but Nottingham Forest didn't let that get in the way, and uh, they uh, they acquired themselves a new uh, a new right back outside of the transfer window because he was unattached in Serge Aurier. And this week it was Middlesbrough's turn to do a little bit of biznatch outside of the transfer window by bringing in uh, defensive midfielder Stroke. Midfielder, stroke, potentially attacking midfielder, Massimo Luongo, who joins, I believe, on a deal till January after his contract with Sheffield Wednesday expired at the end of last season. I think he's uh, he's coming after a bit of a bit of an injury spell at uh, Sheffield Wednesday, according to uh, something I was listening to earlier today. 
he never really had a full run of games when he was there. He would play for four and then pick up a little niggling injury and miss two or three games, then he'd be back in and then he'd do something else and he'd be out again. But I think he comes in mainly as cover for Johnny Housen in the middle of the park for Borough as they're very short in that area. Um, so, obviously, he's Australian. Uh, we'll probably be looking to get some games so that he can make the Australian World Cup squad come November. So, we'll see how he goes. I've, he's played the majority of his career in the Championship for uh, uh, QPR, Sheffield Wednesday. So, he knows the division inside out. So, you'd imagine he won't, he won't take much time to get up to the speed of the division. So, hopefully, he'll come into the squad within the next couple of weeks. And we'll see what he's got to offer. Uh, no business at Hull, Mr Woodmanson. Uh, no, but although the, the transfer window very recently did slam shut, um, there was already a bit of sort of rumours for January, more outgoings than anything. Um, and the unfortunate news is we've already had one of our loanees returned, so Harvey Cartwright returned to Hull from Peterborough after injuring his thigh. So the young goalkeeper had one start for Peterborough in the Papa John's Trophy. And... Uh, yeah, they're not even looking after him. He's come back, come back to Hull to get himself sorted out. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that Grant McCann took him to Peterborough because he clearly knew him from his time at Hull and then absolutely ruined him. But we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Um, and it's already Tyler Smith, one of our um, possibly surplus to requirement strikers at the moment, um, is already garnering interest north of the border from Motherwell and West of the East Riding border in, or maybe South even geography whatever Barnsley are, uh, West of the East Riding border Jesus Christ where the hell are we going I don't even know anymore anywhere basically, <laughs> basically um, the amount of injuries we've got though currently if he wants to try and play himself back into contention um, last night which we'll get to I don't think he uh, particularly did himself any harm, though he did definitely cut a, a frustrated figure, but we'll uh, we'll get to that. But yeah, so watch this space, I guess, for both of those. Yeah, just to just to go back to your uh, your injury news. So what you're saying is the guy who played in the Papa John's Trophy, there was no slice of luck. No, it definitely won't be getting a piece of the actor. <laughs> well, what can we say? The uh, the jokes. The joke. <laughs> come for the uh, come for the football continent. Obviously, stay for the joke. Um, we'll move into last week's um, fixtures um, predictions. We'll go through those. Obviously, the the weekend looked a little threadbare. Um, obviously, with the the sad news that the the Queen had passed away, and the football obviously was then curtailed for the weekend. So there's no there's no three games over the course of the weekend for us to go through. The Blackpool versus Middlesbrough. Cardiff versus Hull and Leeds versus Forest games were all postponed to be played at a later date. I don't think anything's come out about an actual date when those games will be rearranged for. Oh no, actually, maybe the Middlesbrough one has been, um, but I don't think the Premier League has announced yet when they're planning to rearrange those fixtures. So obviously, we'll just re- we'll just re-predict those when it comes around to the week that those those get in. So we start our roundup of last week's games with the games that took place last night. And we start on Humberside. And I can only presume 
that Mr. Woodman's here would prefer that we started anywhere else rather than his hometown. Oh dear me, what on earth went wrong here? Oh, well, this, this, and, I, and I'm, I'm not going to throw this out lightly because I hate it when this happens. Genuinely, could be the beginning of the end for Shotter Avaladzi. He has no clue. He has no plan B, or C, or D, or E, or anything. So we'll get to that. From a points perspective, let's get the uh, the admin tidied up first, shall we? Um, so t- on 25 minutes, Lewis Baker scored. Uh, it was a free kick given away uh, just outside the box. Um, was going straight into the arms of the keeper, took a deflection, went in the net. So, would City had had about a, a good 10 or 15 minute spell even before that, and it was kind of against the run of play, but it, it was that age-old thing where slice of luck goes the other way, and that's it. It just absolutely sucked the wind out of, out of anything that they had. And then, yeah, it wasn't great. So, the second goal was a corner, bang on half-time, um, which keep, the keeper would he, I swear I have to be careful because I don't want to get too sweary. Um, so Matt Ingram um, came out for the cross and was probably more likely to find a winning lottery ticket flapping in the wind. It was awful. Um, so much so that a right back headed it in. So, you know, rare collector's goal for the Stoke back line there as well. Um, again, not a great time to concede. I can only assume that they'd had some sort of rocket or energy drink at half-time because they did. City came out and looked a little better second half to begin with uh, until the 64th minute when they fell to pieces. Let Baker straight through the middle again and he rifled in a very, very good finish right to the, the bottom right-hand corner. Um, my, my problem isn't isn't with the fact that we lost 3-0. If we'd actually played alright and lost 3-0, sometimes that happens. Sometimes the scores don't reflect the way that the games go. Um, this score very much reflects the fact that Avalati has one system that he is insistent on sticking to and will not change anything when things go wrong. This was apparent in the Sheffield United game um, where obviously they lost 2-0 at home. So what started out was quite a good home record has now effectively gone to shit. Um, he's insistent on this. You get a goal kick. So the keeper can't take a goal kick, so it has to be tapped out. And it has to go to the right. And if there's no pass on at the right, it has to go all the way across to the left. And I, I genuinely believe last night, if you, if you got some sort of stats on which player in our side had the most touches, it would be the goalkeeper. And that's not from picking it out of the back of the net before anyone starts because we lost 3-0. Um, genuinely, if you play in possession and you want to keep the ball, I will admit there has to be the occasion where the ball will come all the way back to the keeper. That does not need to be trying to wear out the white pin on the fucking 18-yard box because it is just... It is not working. Absolutely not working. The the midfield... Obviously, we had the Seri. Kept dropping off to try and collect the pass. 
And everything that we did put together last night pretty much went through Seri or Tufan, which is what you'd, you'd hope. The problem is, is that the pace of, of, of getting the ball forward from the back line is just non-existent at present. And spent an awful lot of money on midfielders. Quite a lot of money on strikers. Little bit of money on defenders. Um, but if they can't get the ball past that stage to begin with, we're fucked. So, yeah. If he's not, if he's not got any other plan, I know that they won't want to change it because of the period of unrest with the ownership and then obviously he decided to change the manager and blah, 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 blah. Three games tops. If they lose the next three games, they'll be gone. Yeah, not good. What I did, what I did see from the uh, the game last night was that after that, after that performance, they've officially got the uh, the worst, the worst goal, the worst yeah. goals against in the league. Uh, I can't think who the second worst team is. We might come to that later. Um, but yeah. Props, props to the post-match interviewer who, uh, obviously, whilst on the payroll for the club, wasn't shy because uh, he start, started his interview with Alfie Jones, who didn't have the worst game. Not brilliant, but not the worst. With uh, so you're uh, the team are shipping goals for fun at the moment, and Alfie Jones was just like, "What?" <laughs> he didn't flinch. <laughs> he, he waited until he got an answer. So yeah, at least at least they're telling it as it is. Obviously the. Um... <laughs> The journalists never heard the phrase "kick them while they're down, son." <laughs> uh, yeah. Obviously, we'll come on to it in a minute with with the Borough game, but it, it just looks as if <sighs> something's not quite right. Let's put it that way. Given the current form, um, and any time you've got a team that is conceding three at home, <sighs> it, it's. It's not great, is it? Let's be honest. No. Um, from a from a predictions perspective, um, yourself and Matt had both gone for whole wins. Uh, Andy with a draw. I was the only one who went for a Stoke City win. So I do get a point there. Um, from a goal scorer's perspective, uh, everyone obviously had whole goal scorers getting no points there. Um, I'd gone for... Um, Dwight Gale and Nick Powell to score for Stokes. You had a 2 0 Hull win, so no Stoke goal scorers. Uh, Andy also had Dwight Gale. Uh, Matt did get himself a little point back by going for Baker to get a goal there. So after that first game of the week, from a predictions perspective, we have myself and Matt with one point and Stu and Andy on zero. We take a small jog straight up the east coast and land on Teesside where the team that should have been tired out from getting battered from pillar to post by Hull City on Saturday, Cardiff travelled to the Riverside to take on Middlesbrough. (coughs) So, going into this game, Cardiff had scored, and I quote, four goals all season. By half-time, they were 3-0 up. Oh, my... God, quite quite possibly the worst forty five minutes of football I've ever been like. I say forced to watch. Obviously, I wasn't forced by anybody to watch it, but I chose to watch it for my sins and had the joy of missing the first goal as it was scored that early, 
Um, so haven't I still haven't seen the first goal, but by the sounds of it, it was a mistake by Matt Crooks in the centre of the park. He's lost the ball. Their guy's just gone through with it, carried the ball through and then worked it around the box. And uh, Callum O'Dowda has opened the scoring after four minutes. Um, the scenario wasn't made better slightly further on into the second half where Harris notched the second. And then just to compound the misery on the 45th minute, their centre-half, Perry NG, picked up the ball around the halfway line, decided to take it around pretty much all of the Borough back line and just slotted in a third. So, great opening first half by the Borough to find themselves 3-0 down against a team that had only scored four goals in eight in games all season. <sighs> uh, three changes made at half-time to try and get something started. Um, and... Nothing really happened until the 75th, 76th minute where Duncan Watmore managed to sneak one, to nick one back. Uh, 60 seconds later, it was very much game on as Rodrigo Muniz rose at the back stick to head in the second and then cue the onslaught for the last 15, 20 minutes and the equaliser just wouldn't come. So sadly it finished Middlesbrough 2, Cardiff City 3. And Chris Wilder finds himself under a bit of pressure early doors. Um, if we take the last six or seven seasons into account, he has the same number of points from the same number of games as Jonathan Woodgate at this point in the season. And obviously Jonathan Woodgate didn't last the season. So there's a, the, the, the Middlesbrough fan Twitter seems to be very... 50-50 split at the moment. There's a lot of fans who are saying it's far too early. He's not even been in the job for a year yet. Give him the time. The players will come good. They're just making individual silly errors. The second goal was was similar to um, Matt Crooks, Johnny Housen, just pissing about with it in the middle of the park, no, like, not realising he's getting closed down. The guy just nicks the ball off him, puts it into his, his teammate, who just absolutely smashes it in the back of the net. Keeper got, off, keeper got onto it. No chance of saving it. Um, just yeah, very strange. Like something's clearly not right within the club at the minute. Um, a lot of talk about were there players that Wilder thought he was going to get in the door that never materialised. The squad seems thin in certain aspects. Just an awful lot of questions. I would imagine. If he doesn't get a couple of positive results in his next couple of games, the writing might be on the wall for him. He might he might find himself in a in a position where he's no longer the manager. We'll move on to the predictions point of view, though. Obviously, we all picked various different increases of Middlesbrough wins. Um, Stu one nil, myself two nil, Andy two one, Matt three one. Um, I had Hoppy and Giles to score, no points there. Stuart Housen to score, no points there. Matt had McGree, Clark and Muniz to score. So he gives himself a point there. He also had Sawyers to score for Cardiff, so no point there. Andy had Force and Hoppy to score for Middlesbrough, but did have Harris to score for Cardiff. So does get himself a point. So, total week's points. Sadly, Stu comes out of the week with zero points. Myself and Andy, a very respectable one point, but taking a point from each game, Mr Matthew Moore 
ends the week as your predictions weekly champion. Well done, sir. You clearly are a special, special talent. <laughs> it's like it's like really like a like a shit of a kind of win into kind of thing. <laughs> we, we've discovered the secret. Forrest need to not play at all, and then Matt wins the predictions. He gets the predictions, and he comes and he comes to the podcast unburdened by the uh, you know. <laughs> Heap big shit that our teams just drop in our laps on a constant bit. So that's week seven done and dusted. Obviously, the three games that were missed we'll come back to later on in the season when they're rearranged. But the week eight predictions start with a Friday night fixture for Nottingham Forest that is not on TV. What on earth is this all about? What? I was going to settle down for some telly and then I'll see. No, good job. Yeah, not for well unless I'm unless I'm just <clears throat> being. Bellend, I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, I didn't see it. I mean, I mean, let's 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 be honest. It's very <laughs> a possibility that I could have been a Bellend. But yeah, I mean, it's not. It's not. When do when do Amazon get rights to watch show t show Ooh. telly? So according to Sky Sport, his own app, they have chosen Villa Southampton over Forest Fulham. So I imagine it might be that case where if you're watching the. Villa Southampton game, they might give updates of the game from Forest Forest West of Fulham, but we'll see what happens. Anyway, so it's Mr. Matt Moore's team, so he will pre- he will predict last. I'll dive in on this one. Give us uh, give us the old uh, the old starting uh, the old starting gambit. I've gone for a one one draw in this game. I've gone for Emmanuel Dennis to finally get off the mark for Forest. Feel like he might ring the changes after the Bournemouth defeat in this one, so we might see a few uh, a few guys uh, not starting. Uh, and obviously, it's a Fulham game, so I'm going to go for Mitrovic to score. Uh, Mister Woodmansey, what, what do you think on this one? Uh, I have also gone for a one-one draw, yeah. and I knew that Mitrovic would be the person to <laughs> be selected for for a thing. So um, I thought I'd play the odds and go for Pereira just for just for a difference of opinion. Um, and surely Gibbs White has got to score for Forrest now. He's had a week off. Pull your finger out, lad. Crack on with it. Mr. Cook? 2-1 to Forrest. No surprises. I've gone with Johnson. And uh, Is Taylor still at, <laughs> at Forrest? No, he's... Uh, we just... Um, well, we're saying just obviously just before the podcast. Um, in the Premier League, you have to have a twenty-five man squad that you declare. Um, now, there's all kind of weird and wonderful rules that then mean you can fudge it so you can get more than twenty-five. But unfortunately, Lyle Taylor does not fit into any of those rules, so he is out of the squad. Right. Is, anyone under, is anyone under the age of twenty-one? You don't have to register. Yes, Brennan Johnson. Uh, Morgan Gibbs White, Mbeso, who doesn't really play, um, Nico Williams—they all—they uh, all fit in that bracket. Then whoever runs Nottingham Forest's website needs to pull the finger out. Uh, I will have Gibbs White instead, then, please. And I—I um, I had almost identical thought to Stew. But went the other way and picked Mitrovic. I was like, I, I, I feel, I feel it's too obvious. Maybe I'll go like Pierre or something, and then still went with Mitrovic. 
Sound sound strategy. Go on then, Matt. Tell us how it's going to go down. And um, you're not not going, are you? No. No. They released some more tickets today, apparently, because Fulham... Yes, I saw that. Fill their end. But, uh, no. I mean, I don't think we'd get them anyway, because I think it's like members and people who have records of buying tickets on in 2021. Uh, <laughs> right, uh, I've gone 3-1 to Fulham. Oh, oh. Oh. Three one to Fulham. Uh, Mitrovic, 2. I think, is Wilson still there? I'm guessing he's injured, because I don't think he's featured... Unless he's been in the game and just been incredibly quiet. Let me do a little bit of digging. I'll, I'll have a quick look. I won you for Forrest. Yeah, I almost went for him. But he's, he's I mean, scored already this season, so, you know. <laughs> that's it, seems done for the year. I mean, his his ex-team are top of the German league right now, so that's... Um, indeed, that's, indeed they are. Uh, keeping, um, keeping Bayern off the, uh, off the summit. Which is uh, no mean feat. Uh, I'll, I'll Cordova Reed then instead. Um, uh, no, Harry Wilson has a knee injury with an unknown return date. Right. Yeah, I'll go. Cord is it Cordova Reed? I'll take. I'll take Bobby Decordova Reed. That's the one. I mean, I'm not you know less than obviously. I've gone through the lack lack of optimism that you guys now feel with the kind of string of results that Forrest put together recently. Um, I'm hoping that having, what, the best part of two weeks together mm-hmm. uh, and, like, no game to prepare for. Obviously, they had the these games to prepare for and it was pretty much... Well, obviously, it was the Monday, wasn't it? Um, it was going to come. So, hopefully, they spent some time um, getting to work with each other and certain... I think Mangala might be on his way back and I think he was a real kind of hub in the midfield um, so hopefully they've got people set in know the system built that team up the team seems quite the team spirit seems quite good uh, from what they put on Instagram but then are you going to put them scrapping on Instagram probably not um, but yeah I, I just I don't know the optimism is not there at the moment they've got to build it back up um, and obviously Fulham gave us an absolute stuff in last season no it's a completely different team but we'll see there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That is your first game of the week predicted. We will move on to Swansea City versus Hull City. Oh, That's fine. I have something before we get into that, but I know what you're going to do. Okay, dokie boy. So I was going to say, we will move on to Swansea City versus Hull City next as our next game. However, we will do that after taking a very small, very small break. Join us in a minute. Recording in progress. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I believe Mr. Woodmancy was going to raise a small point. Mm. So we're about to get stuck into the Swansea Hull uh, predictions. One for the podcast members in the sense of, I think last podcast would probably be just missed the announcement of Tete being injured. Um, So... No tetes for six to eight weeks, looking at it. Um, but I can almost hear the heralding of trumpets in the distance on behalf of Mr. Cook 
because making his return from injury last night, coming on as a substitute in the second half, Longman's back. Don't know what you're talking about, Stu. Don't know what you mean. I've no idea what you're talking about. Can't can't possibly imagine. The long man. Mm. Well, as as the the people amongst you that watch the podcast um, may have caught a little glimpse there of what Mr. Andrew Cook is throwing down. So why don't we uh, keep you waiting no longer and dive right over there to Cookie Corner and see what he's uh, see what he's uh, what his little spices are uh, tingling with? What have we got? Uno, Uno. One apiece. Longman own goal, Longman regular goal. Correct. <laughs> He's got to get them goals in somehow. Um, yeah, no surprises with the announcement that he has returned. He's going to make a glorious return by smashing one in the back of the net. Um, I'm going to I'm going to give it a go. Oberfemi, Femi, Oberfemi. Michael Oberfemi. Ooh, I got it. I got it on the second chunk. Uh yeah. One from him to make it one apiece. Lovely stuff. Mr. Moore. I've gone for a Swansea 1-0 win. Oh, he's done it. And your goal scorer. Hero. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, viewers or watchers of the podcast... Viewers or watchers, what am I talking about? Viewers or listeners of the podcast from the last couple of years uh, may be familiar with what I'm about to put down. Uh, you've just been pumped... 3-0 at home what does the manager do in the very next game that's right ladies and gentlemen don't concede just shut up shop go for the clean sheet if you can nick a goal brilliant but if you can't make sure you don't concede so in nil-nil will happen in Swansea this weekend as it's your team Mr Woodmansey tell us what's actually going to happen I would take a nil-nil right now after last night. Um, so, you might have gathered from how I was talking earlier on that I was lucky enough to be there at the game last night. And I say lucky enough because even when your team gets smashed 3-0, it's not fun to be there, but it's still better than not actually watching football, I think. So, um, so thank you very much to, to Mr Richard Walker for sorting out for me. Um, I, I had written. A, I, had, I was well prepared for podcast this week, and I'd written stuff before last night. So compared to what I have on my paper, I am actually going to change my goal scorer for Hull. Um, but I have also gone for one-one. I liked. I liked what Andy was suggesting. Um, I agree with you, Paul, that he'll be wanting to try and not concede. But again, after what I saw and have seen from. Avalazzi's style, yeah, I can't, I can't see him changing the system now. I mean, if it didn't broke, oh no, wait a minute, that's not it. Anyway, um, so I've gone for Cooper for Swansea. And the only shining light of last night um, against Stoke was Pelkas. He deserves a start. He was creative. He got in behind players. Get him on the score sheet. Just talking with yourself. I'm definitely not just uh, you know checking what, what the hell you just said. <laughs> How to spell? <laughs> if it helps, his first name is Demetrios. 
Yeah, I definitely thought you said Palcast, not Pelcast. So. It's a, a good thing, it's a good thing I checked well, that, because I'd be like, it was, you've picked a guy who doesn't even play for all of you, planning on like signing someone in the next like, 24 hours or something. Just, just write whatever you want down, and then if we score, I'll claim that. That's fine. Yeah, what I'll do is I'll do, um, I'll, I'll pretend like I'm a doctor writing out a prescription. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. Or a, or a teacher marking, maybe. I mean, you've slandered my house completely there. <laughs> you might as well go... Oh, all the writing of a five-year-old. <laughs> every single person the, the, in that. The chicken scratch of a five-year-old, or if a dog was to hold a pen in its mouth, basically. Just just, just get them all. Get them all in one fell swoop. <laughs> right. We have one game remaining in this week's predictions, and then I believe there are no predictions the week after, as there are no domestic games involving our teams. Sad times. So, we take another trip to the Riverdance for Middlesbrough versus Rotherham United. One thing I didn't mention was the fact that Forrest is not on TV. Hull and Middlesbrough both are, as the Swansea game is the early kickoff. And for some reason, even though it's a Saturday, Middlesbrough versus Rotherham, 7.45pm kickoff. Work that one out. Which is which is going to be impressive if you're trying to get the train from York, as the train, I believe, the last train back from Middlesbrough is at nine pm. So that's going to be fun for any York-based Middlesbrough fans who like to travel on the train. Anyway, I'll obviously give my predictions last, as it's my team. So we'll go to Mr. Cook for your prediction on this one. Okay, so I'm working on the principle that, as we know, Borough need to get back in the game. And what's the best way to get back in the game? 1-0. I have attempted to pick a Borough player using the magic of the tinterwebs. I've gone with McGree. Scored the winner against Sunderland just over a week ago. I like it. We'll see what I picked later on. Mr Moore. I've also gone for a Borough win. I've gone with a 2-1. My Rotherham bias, I I always assume they're crap. Um, didn't didn't register with me properly because obviously they're not quite as bad as what I thought. But I still I've stuck with it. I've stuck with my guns. I've gone old boy theory. My crooks is going to get a goal. Why didn't I think of that? And Moon is as well. And then Rotherham Wood because well you know. I tell you something. He's a centre-half, I think he's 39, and he's the top scorer this season. It's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. <clears throat> Mr Woodbansy? I've gone slightly more optimistic than uh, both of you guys so far, and I've gone for 2-0 Middlesbrough. Mm-hmm. What? Goal scorers? Uh, I've gone for Jones. Up from the back? I will also be uh, pulling a Moonies. So what you're saying is, in the last couple of weeks, we've had, at certain times, a pair of Tetis. Yep. And now you're going to be Moonies in everybody. Yes, correct. Unbelievable. Future as well. And let's not forget, let's not forget we've had more than one full season of Johnson already. So, you know, there is that too. Siri knows many. Oh, do we need to go away? I mean, there you go. What more needs to be said? Um, 
So it's, it's just down to me to finish off the predictions for this week and therefore the podcast. But oh, good god, this this is this falls under the category of the same for the the Swansea Hull game. But obviously because Borough are at home, fair enough, don't concede. But if you're getting a nil nil against Rotherham, your own fans are going to start rioting. Let's be honest. So I've gone from to sneak a one nil with fours getting the girl. Don't know why that sounded a bit weird, girl. I think there's going to be wholesale changes in the team for this one. I would not be surprised if there's five, six, seven potentially changes if he's got the got the opportunity to freshen the squad up so you could even see players who haven't even featured at all yet this season. But I think it's, it's just this this is the same as the, as the Swansea game earlier in the season. It doesn't matter how you get it. If it goes enough for someone's nutsack, I believe I even said that phrase against Swansea, just get the win keep the clean sheet, just whatever you do, don't get beat. If, if they lose, he's got real problems. And I think I think he, he could he could go. But like, all of the optimism at the, in the podcast at the start of the season was great. And it was real. And now it's turned into who wants to bend their manager off first? <laughs> But, but like, this is the thing. I I don't well, want him to go. Yeah, Matt's out of this so far. But... I'm, I'm happy with my manager. I... Listen, like, I'm I'm happy with Wilder. I I don't want him to go. I think I think he's the the problem I've got is that if they get rid of him, I know exactly what will happen. He'll leave. We'll bring in someone like Scott Parker who will want me, want to make me blow my brains out. Um, and he'll go to another team and get him promoted. So. The other, the other man in the market at the moment that's uh, been without a club for a little while is uh, forgetting your old mate Sean Dyche as well, aren't you? Oh, God. Well, he's got an agenda against the Borough, so he won't be coming in. Oh, he might. <laughs> Inside job. <laughs> oh, don't. Don't, because the, the, like, the second they lose a game, the old the old Twitterati will be out in force. You're saying, oh, he's doing it on purpose. It's, be, it's because of that Chesterfield FA Cup semi-final from 1997. <laughs> <laughs> said it before and I've said it I, 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 I don't think I've ever said it on the podcast but Middlesbrough F, Middlesbrough fans some of the biggest doyles in the world nice unfortunately constantly oh he's no good get rid well he's just you, you've said that on your tweet and then 10 seconds later he's scored and he's the best thing since sliced bread so which is it mate I just think, I think, isn't that just a football? It's a football on social media reaction. It's it's everything to you. Like like you know, I've mentioned to you guys before. You know, the Forest fans have completely turned on any any player that was in the team last season. They're not good enough. You know, Johnson's Johnson's gone missing. Quarrel's uh, yeah. <laughs> too slow. McKenna's not. McKenna's making mistakes. Yates is no good anymore. You know, all well, these I mean, the uh, the educated amongst us have known that he's been shit for <laughs> for a Championship team of the year would suggest not. Uh, but uh, but you know, it's this kind of whole like the only the only person they haven't turned on is the manager yet. And you just think it's just the reaction thing. I, I was thinking about this the other day when all the VAR stuff was kicking off, like perhaps the weekend before, and I'm like. Everybody wanted VAR because people were sick of referees making mistakes and they wanted to go through it on the on the TV. And then as soon as they get VAR, it's like, well, it's ruining the game because you're like, well, uh, what do you want then? Should we just turn the tellies off? And yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. I mean, it would be a godsend if we if we could sack Alan Shearer so he didn't have to listen to his feckless 
annoying opinions every Saturday. But, you know, you, at some point you've got to... Not, well, people just don't get happy, do they? This is the problem. You kind of Sometimes you've got to sit there and go, hey, you know, it's all right, isn't it? Kind of thing as opposed to being like, oh, I'm really mad about something that at the end of the day don't really matter kind of thing. So, if, it, uh, if that new Chelsea owner has his way, the, uh, the, the head coaches and managers will be given a challenge flag to throw, aren't they, surely? So... It's that age-old thing, isn't it? Like, when it comes down to football fans, there is a small subsection that are never happy unless they're fucking moaning. Yeah. And that's ba- that is that is the most base level that it boils down to, and you're never going to get away from that. Can we take like, uh, football fans out of that sentence and replace it with people? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not, he's not wrong. It's probably a good reason as to why it is like the national sport of this country in that respect. It's just true, sweeping generalisation. But you know, well, yeah. But there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That, uh, oh, actually, no. I was going to say something. I completely forgot it. Um, what I was going to say was obviously Matt said there he's perfectly happy with his manager. Obviously, Chelsea have sacked their manager and taken Brighton's manager. Now, is there a potential that Brighton could see? Steve Cooper, like what he's done at Forest, think maybe fits the mould at Brighton and take well, a shot on him and get contract. him out of his contract. Uh, ah, I don't know. I think Forest are going to stick with him because you sign that amount of players that apparently have had, he's had something to do with the recruitment for it. It's just whether the owners get a bit trigger happy and their eyes kind of fall elsewhere to someone with a bigger name than him. And they see this as an opportunity to go, well, he wanted to go to Brighton. And, oh, look, here's our other manager that's going to come in. And then you're at a full kind of... At that point, then, the, the team from last season doesn't exist at all kind of thing because it won't quickly. Um, I don't. I can't see it myself because I, I don't want to be that Forest fan or I don't want to be that fan that's kind of like, well, it's a bit of a sidestep into going to Brighton. But... What size is their stadium? 18,000, is it? No, they, they, they've got over 30,000. I think it is, is big. It? Is um, I, I, I would suggest that it's a sidestep. And I think whoever gets that job at Brighton has got a tough gig because I think Potter did something great with those players that are perhaps not as good as... Yeah, they, they, the sum of the parts are greater than, or yeah, whatever that phrase is, kind of the thing. The whole is greater than the sum of its parts. That's the one. Um, and whether whether their recruitment or whether their management team, um, as seems to be the trendy thing to have nowadays, can find a Graham Potter replacement that does the same, um, I would not suggest they're probably in trouble, but I would suggest they're perhaps not quite as secure as what they think but then who god knows how much chelsea have paid them to get graham potter to go there and i doubt he'll last the season would, would that's, that's, that's my worry for him is the fact that i think they're they're mm. a, they're a trigger happy uh, bunch out there even even though abramovich is gone now but it's like you know abramovich is gone same old chelsea imagine but, being a manager though going into a new job and your first game in charge of a team is in the Champions League, and you've never managed Champions League before. That's a hell of a bat. To, I mean, I know it's, they're not exactly playing like you know one of the big boys of Europe, um, but geez. Do you see his quote the other day? I was like, 
I've never been to a Champions League match. And they were like, what, not even to watch? He's like, nope. <laughs> so this is uh, his first ever Champions League match was as a manager of a club that he's <laughs> taken over, what, four days ago? Five it's, days ago? It is strange. Just going back to the Brighton thing, I think they were one of the latest clubs to adopt this principle of we're not just going to bring in a manager and just have him dictate the sort of the whole layout of the club. We've got this sort of like this ethos of how we want the teams to play across the age ranges. So like like how Barca did it under Cruyff like way back in the nineties and stuff like that. So no matter if you're in the under elevens or if you're in the first team, the ethos of the team is to play exactly the same like style of football. So when you progress through the ages to where you get to under twenty threes, then the first team. You shouldn't be under any illusions as to what your role is, where you yeah. are in the team. And I think Brighton have adopted that principle when it comes to management. So I think I, I did see something in the, in the paper, in the paper, I won't lie, Jesus Christ, on Twitter the other day that had said that the latest name was, I think, a manager in Germany or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot of teams these days that they will have their manager in place, but they'll always have their eye on the next guy that they think they're going to bring in yeah. or the next guy that they'd like to bring in or two or three names that they'd like to bring in that they know plays a similar style of football to what they play at the time. So I think they'll, I think Brighton will probably be fine because it'll be a case of the guy who they bring in will already know what he needs to do, yeah. the players that he's got to work with, etc, etc. But... We'll see. Football's a strange game. You never know what's going to happen. And on that note, we've come to the end of the podcast. Unless any of you guys have got anything further to uh, to bring up? Nope. In that case, I'm going to thank you, gentlemen, for joining me once again this week. Uh, we've, we've, we've broken down the games. We've talked about next week's games. We've you know talked about how many doyles there are on Twitter that support our various clubs. Join us next week where we'll do, where we'll tear it all down and do it all again. But until then, good evening, good day, good whatever time of the day it is you listen to us. But join us again next week. So there we go. What do you think of that? Another one done. Another week of games gone. Not as many as there should have been, but obviously we understand the reasons. More games to look forward to, though. What more could you want? Big thank you for you guys for listening or watching. Big thank you for the guys for bringing you guys the football news and everything football related. One last thing before you go. Please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Drop us reviews. Pass the podcast on to your friends and your family. And if you feel like checking out our website, check out our website, thecookiecast.com. Over there, there's social media links and an email button. You can get in touch with us. Tell us whatever you like. Just say hi. How's that? That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then.